0: Good evening. It is 5 p.m. and you're listening to Today in YGK on CFRC 101.9 FM. Brought to you by CFRC's News Collective: Christina Laurie, Dinah Jansen, Erica Singh, Zaden Vergara, Katrina Johnston, and Mia Lettman. CFRC's news programming is also brought to you through the support of the Local Journalism Initiative, Queen's University, and What'll I Wear at 732 Princess Street. I'm Christina Laurie, and here are your local news headlines. The City of Kingston declares intimate partner violence an epidemic. At the city council meeting on Tuesday, October 17th, the motion to declare intimate partner violence an epidemic in the city came before council and was unanimously voted through. Council heard a presentation delivered by Leigh Martins with Kingston Interval House, as well as Deirdre Reddick, chair of the Kingston Frontenac Anti-Violence Coordinating Committee.
1: To get voices to our survivors. Um, language is so powerful. If we're saying that we believe that this is happening uh, in our community, that this is happening across Ontario, across the country, around the world, um, then it's going to take some of that shame and isolation away. Um, and we saw so much of that during the pandemic where our phone lines were quiet because women couldn't make those calls. Um, and now we're seeing those numbers are back up again. And, Uh, We just want our community to show support for these uh, people that are experiencing intimate partner violence.
0: Six provinces and over 30 municipalities have passed specific legislation relating to domestic violence, not including Ontario. Over 30 municipalities have also passed a resolution to declare intimate partner violence an epidemic and more are in the process. This motion also comes after the provincial government rejected the recommendation to name intimate partner violence as an epidemic.
1: Um, So, unfortunately, our provincial government chose not to state IPV as an epidemic, um, stating the language uh, epidemic should go with health concerns. So, unfortunately, at this time, this is why all of our municipalities are saying that's the wrong answer, that we do need to make it an epidemic, that it's happening in our communities across Ontario.
2: The province, as you heard earlier, rejected the very first recommendation to formally declare intimate partner violence as an epidemic. The province explained that it would not be considered an epidemic as it is not an infectious or communicable
0: disease. Councilors discussed the motion passionately for the latter portion of last night's meeting.
3: I'm absolutely supporting this amendment. And what I wanna speak to is the fact that we need to make sure that it's simply not another motion, that we start to live this and act this. And that's contingent upon all of us as community members recognizing this and realizing that the signs of domestic abuse are often low level. That we often don't listen, we often don't hear, we don't act soon enough. So we've talked about the impact of um, fatalities, deaths in the community, but we haven't talked about the other costs to us in lost aspirations and dreams and hopes Um, in children seeing this and early childhood trauma that occurs from children being subjected to this. Um, I support it being called an epidemic because it is infectious. It infects all of us. The attitudes that we bring forward infect everyone. And each time we express disbelief when somebody talks about this, each time that we don't consider it to be real, each time we brush it aside, we infect the next person with that attitude. And so we don't take it seriously. It's why this has gone on generation after generation after generation.
2: As community leaders, I think it's important for us to be clear in our message to the people living in these complicated relationships. You are not alone. In fact, there are so many others who are quietly going through similar experiences. It may not be a communicable disease, but intimate partner violence is an epidemic. While we as a municipal council cannot change the provincial justice system, we can adopt recommendation number 10 from the coroner's inquest and direct staff to include intimate partner violence in the
0: implementation of our community safety and well being plan. As for next steps, a copy of this motion will be sent to Doug Ford, Premier of Ontario, Sylvia Jones, MPP, Minister of Health, Ted Chu, MPP for Kingston and the Islands, and John Jordan, MPP for Lanark, Frontenac, and Kingston. Along with this, recommendations regarding gender based violence and intimate partner violence will be integrated within the City of Kingston's community safety and well being plan. Thanks to my colleagues for sharing and for listening.
2: Uh, I think if one thing we can agree on is that intimate partner violence is not okay, and it impacts a lot of people. And you don't always know about it, because people are really good at hiding things. So watch for the signs, offer support, spread some love and as Councillor Glenn said, we need to shift some attitudes and we need to get our provincial government to make some changes because the system also needs to change.
0: This is your reminder that the University District Safety Initiative is still in effect following Queen's homecoming until November 1st. However, the closure of Gordowney Pier and Breakwater Park has been lifted for the rest of this week until next weekend when it comes back into effect. You can brush up on details including fines, closures, and applicable bylaws by visiting the UDSI webpage on the City of Kingston website. That's all for your headlines this week, and next up is Zane Vergara with your sports desk.
4: Good evening, everyone. My name is Zayden Vergara, and tonight on your CFRC Sports Overdrive at 5.30, you can stay tuned for your Queen's football, chatting all about the Ottawa Gigi's homecoming match and the rematch against the Ottawa Gigi's next Saturday at 1 o'clock. You can also hear all about your Queen's men's rugby, but more a specialty interview with Spence Alexander of the McMaster Marauders on returning home for the last game of the season. Also, you can tune in for men's lacrosse, a special interview with senior midfielder assistant captain Brian Pecker. Finally, we also have a special feature interview from Ian Donaldson all about Queen's women's rugby. Stay tuned at 5.30.
5: Thank you. Hi, my name is Erica Singh and this is your campus news for the week of October 23rd. This past weekend, Queen celebrated its second in-person homecoming since COVID by welcoming back over 2,000 alumni from graduating classes ending in 3 and 8. Festivities included faculty brunches, honoring the tricolor guard, and the main event, a football game against the University of Ottawa. Homecoming weekend also saw a rise in unsanctioned student activities and police presence around campus. Many students felt as though they were being unfairly targeted by the police, with students being fined upwards of $500 for simply being present in the student ghetto. The AMS has been working on improving the university's correspondence with the Kingston Police Department through initiatives such as appearing before the Police Service Board on October 19th. The AMS has voiced students' concerns of unfair treatment but were met with harsh responses. The University District Safety Initiative is set to end on November 1st, but the Kingston Police have made it clear that they will be present in the area should the need arise. Next, the Society of Graduate and Professional Students, or the SGPS, has revealed its 2023 to 2024 budget. The proposed budget allocates $501,250 for student subsidies, grants, and wages. The goal is to prioritize members' interest, financial sustainability, and optimize budget items based on its historical data. Notable budget changes include a new general health subsidy, replacing the mental health subsidy, which offers $18,000 for various health expenses. The gender-affirming care subsidy supports individuals undergoing gender-affirming care with up to $500 in coverage. The emergency student assistance subsidy criteria has also been amended, emphasizing the need for students to provide proof of expenses. The SGPS has invested surplus funds received in 2018 in alignment with sustainability principles and responsible investments. Furthermore, the SGPS is committed to student well-being and offers training programs for a safer campus. Despite not being in the budget, these initiatives reflect the SGPS's dedication to addressing the financial and stress-related challenges faced by graduate and professional students. That's all from me today, now over to the weather.
6: And now time for your weekly CFRC weather forecast. Monday, October 23rd, it's sunny with a high of 11 degrees and some cloudy periods at night with a low of plus three. Tuesday, October 24th, it'll be cloudy with a high of 13 and a 30% chance of showers at night with a low of 10 degrees. On Wednesday, October 25th, it'll be cloudy with a 60% chance of showers and a high of 14 degrees. It'll also be cloudy and rainy at night with a low of eight. Check back in with us on Wednesday for your weekend weather forecast.
0: This is Christina Lori coming in with your weekly CFRC traffic report for October 20th to 26th. For road closures, Lower Union Street, Ontario to End of Lower Union is closed October 24th from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. For the arrival of the SS Key Waitin event at the Marine Museum of the Great Lakes, Ontario Street, Brock to Market will be closed October 24th from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. to remove concrete barriers, planters, and benches at City Hall. Ontario Street, Gorda, Lower Union will be closed October 24th from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. For the arrival of the Key Waitin event at the Marine Museum of the Great Lakes, Queen Mary Road, Notch Hill to Greenview will be closed for the Utilities Kingston. Kick- the Nets Project until further notice. University Avenue Union to Earl is closed until December 22nd for the Queens University J-Duck Project. Right Crescent South intersection of Palace to 16th Palace is closed until October 31st. In other delays, Bath Road at Queenberry, you can expect delays for the utility Kingston Nets Project. Bay Ridge Drive Woodbine to Cataracway Woods, expect delays until November 30th for Phase 1 of the Bay Ridge Drive Cycling and Pedestrian Improvements. At Denham Street, at Dunham Park Entrance, expect delays October 23rd to 27th. while contractors. Are completing intersection upgrades. At Highway 33 east of Collins Creek Bridge to west of Coronation Boulevard, expect delays due to construction to improve drainage. Lancaster Drive up at Bentley Terrace, you can expect delays from October 23rd to 27th, while contractors are completing intersection upgrades. On Mona Drive at Mona and Humberside and at Mona and Linwood, you can expect delays October 23rd to 27th for intersection upgrades. On Princess Street, Collins Bay to Bay Bridge, expect delays until October 31st for the construction of new sidewalks and traffic signals along Princess Street. Also on Princess Street, John Cather to Syndham expect delays October 26th and 27th. And finally on Westbrook Road, Princess to Windovere, expect delays until October 31st for the construction of new sidewalks. For sidewalks and pathways, Clarence street, King to Wellington, expect a sidewalk closure on the north side from October 23rd to 27th for construction within the British plague parking lot. Reno Trail, Queen Mary to Parkway is closed for crews to replace Sanitary Main, install shoring, and build new gravel pathways. That's all for your traffic report this week, and next up is your community, concert and events
6: calendar and now it's time for your cfrc concert and community events calendar for october 25th through october 30th if you have an event you'd like covered on our website or news programming contact us via cfrc.ca today Band Elijah Woods plays an all-ages show at the Broom Factory in Kingston on Wednesday, October 25th. The show will begin at 7.30, and tickets are $20. Also on October 25th, join local drag performers for a haunting night at the final Bewitched at Barcadia Halloween Edition. Dress up in your most creative costume and prepare for a night filled with wicked fun and unforgettable memories. Tickets are $10, and the show will be from 8pm until midnight. At the Grand Theatre on October 25th, Grand On Stage presents Casting Off at 7.30pm, a circus as conversation that boldly challenges conventions. Tickets are available online now for $20 to $40. Catch $5 dates playing live covers from Blue Rodeo and Neil Young at Spearhead Brewery from 7 until 10pm on October 25th playing a free show. On October 26th, bands The Wilderness and Jimbo will be playing a show at the Broom Factory from 8 until 10 p.m. Tickets are available online now for $20. October 26th is the last Thursday of the month, so you know what that means. Beats Workin' is at the Club RCHA. David Hurley, Scott Hurley, and Charlie Cirelli are giving us jazz melodies you know and love from 7 until 10 p.m. Tickets are free for club members or $5. At the Grand Theatre on October 26th at 7.30, Grand On Stage presents The Paper Kites, The Roadhouse, and Band The Cactus Blossoms. Tickets are available online now for $35. On Friday, October 27th, Kingston Band Ambush will be playing the Halloween Costume Party at the Overtime Sports Bar. It's $20 a ticket and will be from 9.30 until 12.30. Flying V Productions presents Jen Grant at the Grad Club on October 27th, playing some great songs beginning at 8.30. Tickets are $24. Get your weekend started at the Club RCHA on October 27th from 4 until 7 p.m. with a free show by Jeff Dunn and Friends. You can attend the Evil Numbers EP release party on October 27th at Blue Martini, featuring artists Mason FM and Trash McCann. Tickets are $10 and the party begins at 9. There will be costume prizes, rock and roll, and more. Also on October 27th, catch a free show at the Tiernanog with Brian Flynn and Andrew Van Horn playing traditional and contemporary Celtic music. On Saturday, October 28th, Tommy Youngstein will be performing Rumors by Fleetwood Mac, plus their greatest hits at the Broom Factory. The show is from 8 to 11, and tickets are $35. At Hotel Wolf Island on the 28th, there's a 70s-themed disco Halloween party with the Gertrudes and DJ LK. It'll begin at 7 and goes pretty late, and has prizes for the best disco costume. And catch Melody Ryan playing some acoustic soul rock at Spearhead Brewery for free on October 28th from 2 until 5 p.m. On Sunday, October 29th, Screamo, Emo, and Hardcore return to the Limestone City with Halloween Scrams at Next Church. The show will begin at 7.30 and tickets are $15. Mellow Lily, an award-winning singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist based in Kingston, will also be playing a free show at Spearhead Brewery from 2 to 5 on October 29th. On Monday, October 30th, the Morning Doves will be playing a show at Musiki for free for anyone who wants to listen. And those are your upcoming concerts, now for community events.
4: And now it's time for the CFRC Community Concert and Events Calendar for October 25th through to October 31st. Have an event you would like to be covered on our website and news programming? Contact us via cfrc.ca today. On October 25th is the exhibition Art and Waste in Panic Took Nunavut. This event is for all students with a special focus on Indigenous students. The exhibition includes over 60 works of art by Inuit artists. Their work animates the issues of waste and colonization in Inuit Ninegat. Tours are available to groups under 20. The art and waste in Panic Took opening celebration will take place at the Isabel Bader Center for the Performing Arts from 10 to 4 p.m. On October 25th, come and pet Oscar, our fluffy golden retriever, St. John's Ambulance Therapy Dog, and meet his handler, John. Drop in at any point during the hour. Oscar will be at Mitchell Hall every Wednesday at noon by the Student Wellness Services office on the main floor. Also on October 25th, a psychoeducational group begins with a mix of theory and practice. It is for students who want to improve their focus and decrease signs of anxiety and stress without having to spend hours in sitting meditation. During each of the weeks, you'll get the opportunity to experience a variety of mindfulness exercises in an environment that allows you to ask questions and receive feedback regular attendance and practice is recommended to get the maximum benefits but drop-ins are also welcome from 4 to 5:30 pm at mitchell hall in the student wellness services and you can learn more at queensu.ca to register On October 26th, there is an Indigenous Identity Sharing Circle, only available to Indigenous students. Do you feel that you don't look Indigenous enough? Maybe you are unsure about how to identify yourself or feel you don't fit in because you don't know enough about your Indigenous identity. Please know that you are not alone. Come together for a sharing circle facilitated by Amber and Lisa to discuss these feelings in a safe space. Registration is required. Email 4d.counselor at queensu.ca. It is in person every other Thursday starting September 28th and located at the Four Directions Indigenous Student Center from 4 to 5.30 p.m. On October 26th, learn how to prepare a quick, easy, inexpensive, and healthy recipe. All students are welcome, regardless of your skill level in the kitchen. Upon registration, students will receive the location, time, and safety details. Registration opens one week in advance of each session. You must sign up in advance to participate. Cooking sessions cost $10 per student, and you can register at queensu.ca. This event will be from 6.30 to 8 p.m. Also on October 26th is Drag Bingo. Rowena Way's signature bingo is back on a monthly basis. It is the last Thursday of every month. There is no tickets to show up and play. It's free and located at Daft Brewing from 7.30 to 10.30 p.m. On October 27th is the Far From Home New to Canada Therapy Group. This group is for international students who are struggling with a difficult transition from a different country, culture, and traditions to Canada. They may be missing home and the support of family and friends and are finding it difficult to find community and a sense of belonging in Queens. In addition to overwhelm and loneliness, they also feel the extra pressure of having to succeed due to cultural and or family dynamics. This group is offered from October 20th through to December 8th. Register at queensu.ca. This will be located at the Student Health and Wellness Center in Mitchell Hall from 1.30 to 3 p.m. On October 28th is the Living Traditions, a social sewing circle. Olympica and Talia share some of their handmade work and discuss designs and techniques passed on by their ancestors. Participants have the chance to complete a small project working with the seal skin. You are also encouraged to bring your own sewing projects and materials that you'd like to swap with others. This is located at the Agnes Etherington Art Center from 1 to 4.30 p.m. On October 29th, again, is the Exhibition Art and Waste in Panic of Nunavut. This event is for all students with a special focus on Indigenous students. The exhibition includes over 60 works of art by Inuit artists. The work animates the issues of waste and colonization in Inuit Nunavut. Tours are available to groups under 20. The Art and Waste in Panic Tuk opening celebration will take place at the Isabel Bader Center for the Performing Arts from 10 to 4 p.m. On October 30th is the Indigenous Good Minds Night. Come and hang out by the fire, watch TV, study, play board games, beat, and take part in structured activities. These activities change bi-weekly and refreshments will be provided. This group is only available to Indigenous students and is located at the Four Directions Indigenous Centre from 4 to 7.30 p.m. Also on October 30th is Trivia Night at the Brass Pub. Every Monday, starting at 8pm, in teams of four, come early and bring three of your smartest friends. It is free entry and you must be 19+. On October 31st is the Indigenous Drumming Circle. Do you know the many benefits of drumming? In addition to community connection, drumming can improve stress management, mindfulness, motor skills, and so much more. Join the 4D team for a casual weekly drumming session. No experience is necessary, and we have instruments to share. This is only available to Indigenous students. It is in person from 1 to 2 p.m. every Tuesday at the 4 Directions Indigenous Student Center. On October 31st is the Wellness, Depression, and Anxiety Support Group. This professionally-facilitated group is for students who experience signs of anxiety and or depression that feels overwhelming. We will cover the nature, signs, and symptoms of anxiety, depression, and then provide specific evidence based strategies for improving both. Regular attendance is highly recommended to get the maximum benefits, but you can also drop in. Register at queensu.ca. This will be located at Queen's Health and Wellness Center from 3.30 to 5 p.m. Also on October 30th, get ready for a night of outrageous fun at a haunting drag show hosted by the fabulous Be Witched. Located at Something in the Water, this event promises to be a wide Wild ride filled with laughter, excitement, and top-notch entertainment. The show starts at 8pm and you must be 19 plus. This was Kat giving you the CFRC Community Concert and Events Calendar for October 25th through to October
0: 31st. I hope you all have a lovely week. Thank you for tuning in to CFRC's Local News Programming. To revisit episodes of Today in YGK and hear more from some of our guests, be sure to head to our podcast network at podcast.cfrc.ca. Today in YGK is brought to you by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada, the Local Journalism Initiative, Queen's University Career Services, and What'll I Wear at 732 Princess Street. Be sure to stay tuned for more CFRC programming coming up next.